0: So I purchased them for the cost of the new soles, which at that time was about $25. Well, these sit in my closet all the time. And I pulled them out this morning, and they had about that much dust on them. Now, my wife cleans the rest of the house, but she don't dust my shoes in the closet, okay? So just in case you were wondering. uh, And and so right there, she, she... I dusted them off this morning and hit them with a, with a little shine. And what I'm going to do this morning is pull off of the shelf a message topic that's way more valuable than these shoes will ever be. And this message topic this morning, we leave it on the shelf a lot of times. And by the songs I've led you in, you probably already know where we're going. I don't know about you, but I'm going to heaven one of these days. You say, well, I don't know if there is a heaven. Well, you'll find out or not. The book of First Thessalonians, Then I'll let you be seated. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe, if we believe, that's a big old if right there. You can go any direction with that you want to. But he said, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, and what, we, what he's calling asleep we call dead. For the Lord himself, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I love you Jesus, I worship you God, I praise your name, come on somebody shout unto the Lord, with a thankful heart God, we're grateful to you today, we love you, we praise you God, we praise you God, hallelujah, I'll just tell you, praise team, y'all learned some of them songs and I'll preach this more, we got a deal? We need this message in song ringing in our head. Amen. We need it in our hearts. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm, I feel like I'm pulling something off the shelf this morning that, that I should pull off more often like these old alligator shoes. Amen. But I want to preach to you caught up. Look at your neighbor and say caught up. you going to get caught Ask them, you going to get caught up one of these days? Amen. Through the centuries, millions of Christians have lived out the days of their life with an expectation. No, it's not always been in the forefront of their thoughts. If I ask you right now, if we took a little poll, how many of you, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you think of is the Lord could come back today? Be real honest and raise your hand if you do that, if that's your first thought in the morning. We have three Four, five. Sister Carol, we need to sing these songs more often. We got a problem here. Every morning, first thing you wake up, you think the Lord could come this morning. All right, there's four. Amen. We need to realize that if we're not careful, this message will escape us and we'll end up going through the motions and forgetting what it's all about heaven and earth are going to pass away. I don't care how hard they work to save the planet. I promise you, the Bible said it's gonna melt with a fervent heat. This thing is not gonna survive. Amen. The word of God is the only thing that is going to survive. Amen. And so this thought of of, uh, the... The coming of the Lord and the catching of a way, it's not always at the forefront, yet that thought never completely leaves our mind. This thought has sustained many people through the years on lonely roads and in sorrowful times. Even at times when life felt like torture, the thought of heaven has a power to cause you to go ahead and fight another day and press through your difficulties. The thought of heaven has been a silent companion for many children of God. It's a comforting presence in times of trouble, amen. It's a hidden fountain when the soul is dry and you get to thinking life is always gonna be this way. Oh, no, it's not. You look at the children of Israel. 400 years is a long time our nation ain't even that old if I'm thinking right amen our nation ain't even 400 years old and they had spent 400 years in captivity by that time you're about to say there ain't nothing changing but in one day everything changed and they stepped out of slavery and they crossed over into another world listen to me don't get caught up in this world thinking things are always going to be as they have always been don't forget to lift up your head because your redemption is drawing nigh amen and don't listen to them idiots either that say the Lord's coming on this day and that day they're idiots amen I don't care how many facts they put together amen they don't know But the the thought of heaven, it's a secret well of refreshment and joy when your spirit is low. Just to kick off in that old song, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. It's a certain expectation that in the next breath the next blink of an eye, the next tick of the clock, the next beat of your heart, our Lord could descend from heaven with a shout. There'll be a shout like they've never heard before. And by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God have gathered home, then we will tell the story of how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Woo, somebody shout unto the Lord right now. Yeah. Caught up, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, get caught up. Get caught up. Amen. Amen. We think a caught up, that's a bad word. Bad phrase. That means you ain't dusted in six weeks. You gotta get caught up. That means you ain't balanced your checkbook in two weeks. You gotta get caught up. I means there's clothes piled this high in the laundry room. You got to get caught up. I means your email has 5,000 emails you hadn't answered. That means you got to get caught up. No, it ain't that kind of caught up I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about something from another world reaching down and snatching us up out of this mess and taking us. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Caught up. Say, I want to be caught up. Our Lord could descend from heaven at any time. I want to be called home. I come to preach to you today. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Amen. His coming could be at any moment. Maybe today, maybe tonight, perhaps before I could draw my next breath, there's nothing stopping him from coming. And because of that hope, we're able to sit at the deathbed of a loved one and know that this will not be the last time that we see them in an instant we could be meeting them again on the way up because the Bible said they'll be caught up first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Hey Amen. One of these days you're going to meet that man in the air. You hear me one of these days. Hey Amen. One of these days all the way. Back in the corner, Dora Jean, one of these days you're gonna meet that man in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Amen. There's something powerful about that hope. Amen. Because of that hope, we're able to impress upon our family and friends that they need to live a life of expectancy. It's not just about like Dan Dean sang that song years ago. You can do, He said, I can do all that I want to, but I choose to be a Christian. Amen. Amen. He said, the thought of heaven keeps me toeing the line. Amen. And some night when you're getting down on the darker side of town, this choice I made will be lifting me out of here, yeah, cause I choose to be a Christian and I choose to be like him. There ain't nobody making me do it, this is how I choose to live, amen, see some night when somebody thinks they're hidden, the light's gonna come on and the power of God's gonna start drawing his out of this earth. And honey, you wanna be among that number. You don't wanna miss that. Mm-mm-mm. You do not wanna miss that. No way, no how. There's a good reason for this hope and our promise um, Our promise was delivered by the Lord himself. Then it was confirmed by the apostle Paul. Jesus said it like this in John 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I mean, a lot of people in the world, especially a lot of very educated people in the world, um, they feel like this is crazy. Ain't no way this is going to happen. They feel like it's crazy. But even a child can step out onto a beautiful starry night and know there's more out there. There's more to come. Amen. Amen. So you get enough education, yes, with a system of, of the world that wants to take this out, that wants to strip this away. Yes, you can be convinced of anything. I've, been, I've seen people convinced of a lot of stuff. Amen. But when, in the simplicity, if you realize there is more for me, you can't look up into a starry sky with tears running down your face and say, God, I need you, and not feel something coming back. Amen, there is definitely a reason that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm coming back. And what we feel when we look up into that starry sky is that promise. You're feeling that promise of him saying, I'm coming back. I am coming back. The Apostle Paul confirmed it. He said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. So he said, Wherefore, verse 18, comfort one another with these words. It's a comfort. Being caught up is so critical to the apostolic church two of the most evangelistic periods of church history was that first century church and the Bible said they turned their world upside down. But don't leave out the last century church because the Bible said there's gonna be a great outpouring there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost there's going to be signs and wonders and all. listen don't count it out don't get so caught up in this world that you miss the greatest revival that it is happening right now around the world amen in America we're too busy making money and doing this and doing that and the other amen in countries where they don't have a lot of that they're seeking God and they're finding him people dead are walking dead are coming back to life lame are walking eyes are being opened it is a Amazing uh, limbs are growing back. You say, "I don't believe that." I, I can, I can take you to him. Amen. And and even brother Stone King laying dead. This is all documented. Laying dead in an airport for over forty five minutes, uh, and God brought him back to life. He is a medical mystery. He has testified before the UN. He has talked to. He has met. large groups at the UN and spoken to them this testimony because it's so documented. Listen to me, don't get so caught up in your world that you don't get caught up in his. I said, don't get so caught up in your world that you can't get caught up in his. He's got it going on. I said, he's got it going on. Amen, it's so important amen, that we understand this. These evangelistic periods are working and we need to be a part of it. Those soul winning revivals share that both the early and the latter. They share a common characteristic and that is an unshakable belief that Jesus Christ could come for his church at any time. That early church believed it with all their heart. They believed it could happen in their day. If they believed it then we need to keep believing it. You say, I've heard it so many times. I don't care. I don't care how many times you've heard it. What does that change? That don't change a thing. It's still truth. It's still truth. Amen. It, we, we've got to have a belief in that imminent coming of Jesus Christ. We gotta know that that it'll it's it, we're gonna we're gonna give an account one of these days. Some we're gonna step up to the plate and we're gonna give an account. Have any of y'all noticed anything different about me today? Huh? Not whistling. Shut up. She's making fun of my missing tooth. I've lost quite a bit of weight over the last few months. I knew I had to do something. But I didn't know how bad until this week, early this week. And Sister Donna let me test on her machine. And in the early morning, without on fasting, I was at 170-something blood sugar. What? 167. Later in the day, I was almost at 300. Right now, I'm sitting at 136. Because I'm watching it. I've poked my finger so many times. It don't bother me. But I have decided that a little poke on my finger ain't nothing compared to the pictures I've got of my mother in her stages of amputation. My last, one of the last things I looked at last night was one of the pictures of my mom trying to heal from an amputation. To take this little prick in the finger and to see if I'm living right or not ain't nothing compared to laying up in a hospital with, with diabetes problems. Not being able to play with my grandbabies. It's a small price to pay. The devil come by yesterday. She looked kind of like Karen Matthews. She's up here. I got her. Y'all looking around for her? I got her up here. (laughs) That woman can make some cookies. I'm going to just tell you that. She can make some cookies. And she come by the house. She ain't come by the house. She ain't never been to my house to offer me cookies on a Saturday afternoon. She showed up yesterday. Snickerdoodles. oh yeah Mark shake your head like I was I said get thee behind me devil I thanked her for bringing them and and told her give them to the guy that was working with me and let him enjoy them because I ain't going there I got something to watch I got something to live by I got something I got to answer to I'm going to tell you something, church. You can ignore it like I was trying to do. You can just keep ignoring it. You can keep sweeping it under the rug, but it don't change the fact It don't change the fact that one of these days you're gonna give an account and it's gonna, I'd rather account to that little machine and get my act together than to have to pay a bigger price. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to get a machine in your life that says, what are you doing going there? What are you doing listening to that? What are you doing watching that? What are you doing running around with that? What are you doing thinking that? Come on, you're going to give an account. Come on, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, First John said, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Amen, it causes us to evaluate the way we live our lives. Evaluate how we spend our time. Evaluate what we're spending our money on. Evaluate what our priorities are. In the book of Mark he said, take ye heed, watch and pray for you know not when the time is coming. For the son of man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house. He gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. He said, watch Ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight, or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. We live in a spiritually sleepy society. He said, Don't let him find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Watch. Keep an eye on it. Be honest with yourself. Don't trust yourself. You know what one of my statements were always, Jared? When I'd start to get into into something, I'd say, it can't be that bad. It ain't that bad. It can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. That's what the enemy likes for us to say. Don't ever look at the facts. Don't ever look what the word is saying. Just say, oh, I don't feel like it's that bad for me. I can't do that no more, Kent Childers. If that, if that, if, if, I mean, I didn't have trouble with that. But if that, if a devil ever shows up through that one over there and and brings me that chocolate cake she makes, dude, I'll call you, thank you. You saved me. Oh, a few bites can't be that bad, it can't hurt me. I feel like it's okay. I feel like this is all right. I feel like I can get away with this. I feel like this is acceptable. But honey, you ain't gonna get away with it when you put it on the meter and you realize I have messed up cause this thing don't lie. When I cheat, this thing tells me what I've done and it's not to condemn me. It's to keep me alive. It's not trying to condemn me. It's not trying to say I'm bad. It's trying to tell me you need to change. You need to change. You need to change. Amen, amen, what else does it do for us? Amen, it produces an evangelistic church of people reaching other people because when we believe that Jesus could return at any moment, we understand how crucial it is to encourage one another and to reach out to people and to love people, and to help them know you need to get right with God. Revelation 20 and 15 said, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I wish I could take this out of the book, y'all. If I could, I would. And you can say, I'm not going to believe that. That's your choice. But it's in the book. Christians around the world refer to this event, this catching away. They refer to it as the rapture. rapture. That's not a biblical word. Rapture is not anywhere in the Bible. That word's not there. The Bible simply calls it being caught up. The word rapture comes from a word that denotes a sense of joy. You're enraptured. You're in. You're enraptured, you're you're joyful, and that's what it's gonna be. The rapture will not be like somebody being kidnapped. It will be like a little child being swept up into the arms of her laughing father. Amen. The fear will be on the part of those left behind. When I walked in this house this morning, I, I had things to do and I was trying to meet people, and a little dude about this tall, I've already put him to sleep, he's sitting over, he was in the back with Brother Kevin, and he saw me, I thought I had slipped by his sight, but he saw me, and he come running around the corner, and he wanted me to reach down and pick him up, and that's what the rapture's gonna be like, ladies and gentlemen, it ain't something to be afraid of. It ain't something to be scared of. It's a kid running to their daddy. It's a child running to his pappy. It's a child running to his God that says, I love you so much that I have prepared a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come again. Somebody say, I want to be caught up. Oh, I want to be caught up. Uh, Hey, man, uh, hey, man, I want to be there in that number. Uh, I want to be ready. That used to be one of the songs we sang. I want to be ready to meet him in the sky. I want to be ready to meet him by and by. I want to be more like Him and do His blessed command. I want to be ready to meet Him in glory land. the land. What was the first line? I want to be ready meet Him by and by. I want to be ready to meet Him in the sky. Whoa! How are you going to get to do that? The next line. I want to be more like Him You can't be like you want to be. You can't just do what you want to do. If you ain't got no sacrifice going on in your life, that's what his life was, a sacrifice. And he told us to become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. I want to be ready to meet him by and by. I want to be ready to meet him in the sky. Oh, I want to be more like him and do his blessed command because I want to be ready to meet him in glory land. Amen. Amen. So it produces something in us because we got to know our name has got to be written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. The fear will be on those who are left behind. The rapture will happen in no time at all. No warning no build up. The church will simply be gone. The rapture will be sudden, but it won't be a secret. I've always thought it'd be funny. We have some folks, believe this or not, that get to church late. Cornerstone. I know that's hard to believe. We actually have some, and uh, I've always thought it'd be funny if if everybody about 10 o'clock would meet back in the fellowship hall, and they walk in here on Sunday morning, all the cars in the parking lot, air's on, light's on, sound's on, and they look around, like, Whoa! that shows you I still need Jesus, y'all. I still got a little lot of me left. But it won't be a secret. Conversations will end mid-sentence. Phones will be dropped to the ground. A woman will reach for her husband's hand and no one will be there. A man will turn with a laugh to slap a buddy on the back And his hand will just move through the air because that buddy left in a moment. A backslider will turn to joke with his friend and suddenly feel the fear that he's been avoiding, saying, I think I'm okay. I feel like this is all right. The rapture, the moment when the preacher's voice stops preaching. Some of y'all get so tired of me when I get going and I get on a roll and I just keep hammering it. I'll stop one of these days. I won't preach another message after the rapture. I won't bug you no more. I won't try to get you to come to the altar. I won't try to make you repent. I won't scream and shout and sweat and fuss and almost cuss. I'll... I will be forever silent. This mic will no longer be employed. The pulpit will be silenced forever. You see, the rapture will be selective. Jesus is not coming for everyone. I wish I, wish I could say otherwise. But he's coming only for his church. And even in the church, some will be taken and others left. When people think about the great tribulation, and there's a difference in the great tribulation and tribulation. You see, the world only thinks it's seen tribulation. The seven years that follow the rapture will be more terrifying than anyone can imagine. In Matthew, he says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as as war not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except these days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. You see, the tribulation will be a great holocaust. It'll combine the wrath of God and the fury of Satan. The evil nature of man will be able to run wild And if you could take the horror of every war since the beginning of time and throw in every natural disaster ever recorded in history, and you could combine it all with unspeakable cruelty of despicable dictators, then compare it unto those period of seven years. Even if you could imagine such a thing, it wouldn't even approach the mind-boggling facts of what's gonna happen in the Great Tribulation. And we need to thank God for the hope of a rapture. God did not promise to save the Christian from daily trials and tribulations. He did not promise to keep us from the wrath of man. But he did pledge to exempt us from the day of his wrath. And so please hear me today. I'm not going to be much longer. No matter what it costs you personally. Quit saying, I think this is okay. Or I feel like that's okay. No. Get the facts. Get the facts. You've got to be ready. It's life's most important appointment. And you cannot miss it. You need to set some goals for your spiritual man. Last night on my phone... I look back, you see, y'all may not believe it because I'm so good looking and so such a, got such a physique. Y'all <laughs> might not realize it, but for Christmas, I weighed 260 pounds. I carry it well, they say. But honey, it don't feel like it on your knees when you're carrying all that. So I was at my doctor, and guess what he said? surprise, surprise. So before I left the office that day, Brother Mike, I went over to the scale in his office. I've got it on my phone, and I set it to 225. And I said, and I took a picture of it. And I said, Ter, when I come back to your office, I'll weigh this. He he's he's such an analytical little guy, not a little guy. He's like the pot calling the kettle black. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but again you say I ain't going to that church that preacher's a hypocrite it don't matter how the preacher lives it doesn't change the message preacher can go to hell just as easy as a convict don't change nothing don't change truth and so the fact that my doctor could afford to lose a little more than I could don't, don't change the fact that the message is true so So I said so he analytically figured it up. He said, Yeah, that's doable. That's doable. It's all right, I'm gonna do it. And I played around with it, played around with it. Kept thinking, Oh, this is okay and that's okay. Until I finally was so miserable, I said, I gotta do something. And now I know. And it amazes me people that are so careless. Trusting their feelings. Trusting a heart. I started to preach this message last week, and the Lord had given me another message. So I've had a while to think about this message. And as a pastor, I don't guess there's anything more heavy to preach. in your eternal destiny where will you end up where are you headed where are you aiming what's important to you are you trying or are you just hoping have you got a goal? Have you taken a picture of something and said, this is what I want to be? Clark Bynum, that picture in my phone says, this is what I've got to do if I'm going to live healthy. If I'm going, There's some things you got to set in your mind because they ain't going to just happen by accident. <laughs> you ain't going to get holy by accident. You ain't going to change things in your life. You ain't going to wake up in the morning. Those things that you struggle with, they ain't, you ain't going to just wake up one morning, oh, I ain't tempted by that no more. No. Excuse me, but you're an idiot. It don't happen that way. You got to make up your mind. You got to make up your mind there's some things in me that's got to change and then you got to do what you got to do to make it change. Amen. Even if you know the Bible plan of salvation, to the best of my knowledge, I could be wrong, but to the best of my knowledge, you cannot be born again after the rapture. If you miss it, according to my knowledge, you can't be born again. Why? You see, the tribulation was never designed for the church. It was designed for Israel so that she would finally be able to see her need for God. It's a history with them. They've had to do that for for eons. They have to be forced to see their need for God. The Bible does not refer to saints during the tribulation. I'm sorry, the Bible does refer to saints during the tribulation. But these are Jewish people along with Gentiles from the nations of the world who've never had a chance to obey the gospel before the rapture. The same Bible that tells us we cannot be saved unless God's spirit draws us tells us that his spirit will be removed from the earth during the tribulation period so if his spirit is removed the new birth will be impossible because there's no chance for us to be born again after the rapture 1 John 6 and 44 no man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day you see God's spirit will no longer be present because he's withdrawing his spirit God's spirit will no longer be there to draw you and you can't come to him unless he draws you. In Jesus' parable in Matthew 25 about the ten virgins, all ten of these prospective brides, all ten of these prospective brides were virgins and they all were expecting the bridegroom to come and they all slumbered. That's what they all had in common. They all expected him. They knew he was coming. They all were virgins and they all slept. But the difference was five had kept oil in their lamps and the other five had not. This parable tells us that it is possible to believe you are ready for his coming but in reality not be ready I'm closing I don't know what you're going to do with this message today I know the dinners are waiting probably but have you checked the oil lately? Have you added any oil lately? Any, any of you have a vehicle that has to have oil added to it occasionally? Raise your hand. Just what kind of idiot would you be if you didn't check the oil in that vehicle? And yet, for your eternal soul, some of you never check the oil. Some of you never add oil. You think it's just going to all work out. And I hope the best for you. I really do. have no animosity toward any man. Too old for that. Where are you going to be? You see, I've heard it all my life. I've heard this coming all my life. How long have you been hearing this message, Elder? 57 years. 57 years. Doyle, how long have you been hearing about the coming of the Lord? 79 years. a hundred years compared to eternity? Is it even register? Just because you heard it for 70 years, 50 something years and it hasn't happened yet, doesn't change nothing. If you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, then you need to also believe one of these days he's coming back for a people who have made herself ready. God, I love this church. I close. You're free to go or you can pray a little while if you want. There's already some turned right there in their chair if you want to do that. That's fine some of you need to set some goals some of you need to put some oil in you don't want to be like those five foolish virgins the only safe option for you today is to make the right choice today and every day I close with this scripture for he saith I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation just stand together with me if you care to kneel that's fine if you need to go I understand if you don't feel a thing that may just be because of everything that's going on in your life no problem no blame no shame but if you're feeling God talk to you today right now I'm asking you to spend a little time with him and say God help me to set some goals Help me to change some things. Help me to get the facts. I don't want to just guess at this. I don't want to just feel like this is okay or that's okay. I want to know what your word says. I want to align with your word. These altars are open. I appreciate you. I love each and every one of you, and I don't take you for granted. I have a pastor's heart, and I'm glad you're here. wouldn't hurt you for anything in the world, but, oh, God, I don't want you to be lost. Lord Jesus, I come on behalf of this congregation.